Welcome back in Brady Farkas show right here on this Tuesday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEV radio.com. Very, very excited about our next guest, a guy I met at a couple of Super Bowls uh, the past couple of years at Solomon Wilcotts, former NFL player, defensive back, Bengals, uh, Steelers. He played uh, with the Vikings as well, and he's now the host of a Bengals podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the AFC Championship Bound Bengals. Solomon, how are you? Brady, hey, I'm doing great. And uh, listen, it's great to be on with you today. Anytime I get to talk about the Bengals, you know, it's it's been a long time since we've had this kind of energy surrounding one of my former teams. And so uh, we're really happy right now in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow has just reinvigorated the entire town. AFC title game is coming up on Sunday. It's going to be in Kansas City. This team has beaten really good teams this year. They've beaten the Chiefs. Can they win in Arrowhead? Listen, they also lost to some bad teams like yeah. the Chicago Bears and the New York Jets. So I Listen, I, I do think they are a young team that have grown over the course of the season. And we've seen this confidence that has overcome this team. They now know how good they are. Many of us who work in the media locally and are around the team, we've been trying to tell them, guys, you just don't know how good you are. But you got to believe it. Uh, and now I think they believe it. And that's how they were able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs week 17. That's how they were able to win their very first postseason game. That's how they were able to upset the number one seed Tennessee Titans. Um, they know they can play with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and we know that in Arrowhead, yeah, the intensity is going to be there. That's what the playoffs are all about. But they've already won now twice in the postseason. Yeah. So um, I think Kansas City knows – that, that the Cincinnati Bengals are a really good football team. And I think the Cincinnati Bengals know that the Chiefs are a great team who can be beat. And I think we, we're in for a really good game. Uh, the fact that they beat them just a few weeks ago, I think it pretty much answers the question that, yes, they can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Former NFL player, longtime NFL broadcaster, now a podcast host on the Believe Podcast Network. Solomon Wilcott's with us here on the Brady Farkas Show. You know, we are a Patriots affiliate here. You know, we we air the Patriots games. We talk about the Patriots all the time. And the word we've tried to figure out with Mac Jones all year is, is he going to be special? Well, Joe Burrow appears to be special. What is the special in Joe Burrow? There's multiple things, um, to be honest with you, from the neck up. The guy is a guy that truly understands it. He gets it. He pro- even as a younger player, right, second-year player, haven't even played in full 32 games uh, in his NFL career, not even full two seasons. But he he played in a pro-style system at LSU. So he came here ha- already operating under center, mm-hmm. already understanding blitz protections and how to set the protection, where to go with his hot reads, right, side adjustments. The, um, he understands how to win games and how to manage them when they get muddy. And I told someone, I said, people talk about the talent of a Justin Herbert, who is getting off the bus. He's the talent you want. But Joe Burrow is the player you want. Like Tom Brady, as you well know, wasn't the most talented guy, right? But he morphed into becoming this great champion because the stuff that champions are made of are not just all physical traits. They're internal traits uh, that allow you to be a winner. How competitive are you? Um, how well do you adapt? And how cool are you under pressure? That's all the things that Joe Burrow brings to the table. And I liken him to Brett Favre in this sense. No matter how much you hit him, no matter how dirty his jersey gets, 
He's the kind of quarterback that will not flinch when the game gets physical. And I think you saw that against the Tennessee yeah. Titans. He got sacked nine times. That guy didn't blink. And he was still processing what the coverages were doing to him. But he knew that throwing interceptions wasn't an option. I can survive a sack. I cannot survive throwing the ball and putting it in harm's way against that Titan secondary. So he's learned how to win with his mind in a way that Tom Brady has and the great ones do. And that, to me, those are just a few of the things that makes him very special. You know, what was his jump like from year one to year two? Obviously cut short by the injury and had to get healthy in this offseason, but there are a lot of Patriots fans and media that say that Joe Burrow was potentially a good comp for Mac Jones, and they think that Mac might be able to do some of the things Joe's doing in year two. What were the jumps that Burrow made from year one to year two? I think the biggest jump is not holding on to the ball too long, getting rid of it much faster, mm. much quicker. And you saw this year, unlike last year, he was the number one rated quarterback when pressure. So if you blitz him, he'll make you pay. Mm. And that's where Mac Jones needs to be. But if they blitzed Mac, you got to make him pay. I mean, you got single coverage out there, man. Now, this is where I think the, the Patriots can do better for Mac Jones. They got to go out and get him a special player that can win against those one-on-one coverages. Who's going to be the guy that can automatically win when they send the house at Mac Jones and he knows he's got single coverage out there and that talented receiver? Who's the guy that's going to win for him? I don't know that the Patriots have that guy. The Bengals have that guy. It's Jamar Chase. And so and, and in that sense, and that's just one. I can name some other areas. That's exactly where Joe Burrow uh, improved from year one to year two. You know, I watch the Bills and Chiefs specifically, and even though the Patriots made the playoffs, it's pretty clear they are a tier below the top teams in the AFC. If you're the Patriots and you're thinking about how to build this roster this offseason, are you looking to go all in on offense and try to keep up with the Joneses, or are you looking to build defense because your defense got railroaded in your playoff game against Buffalo? I think the Patriots have to change. I think it's the biggest hurdle, not just for the Patriots, but for Bill Belichick, who I have the most absolute, utter respect for um, as a team builder, as a coach, as a developer. Um, he's, he's, this guy is phenomenal. But you've, at what point do you say, look, the money is what the money is? And stop. Why was trying to save the money? The money's got to be spent on talent. There is a salary cap, okay, that says you can't go over this, but there's no real floor. But at the end of the day, the money that money goes into the locker room has got to be divided amongst players. So what's the problem with having real star talent? Hmm. So you got to understand now, this is what Tom Brady had to deal with. Tom's yeah. like, what, what are we saving it for? Go get me the guys. Go get me the guy. As soon as he gets to Tampa, they got a team that said, we'll go get you the guys. We'll go. We'll even bring Brian Gronk. We'll pay him. We'll, we'll whatever you need. And I, I think Bill is, is learning. I think he's evolving because you saw what they spent last year in the offseason. But be honest, Brady. They didn't, send, they didn't spend any of that money, except for maybe Matt Judon. They didn't spend, but on the office, they didn't spend money on any player that you could say is a top five guy at his position 
No, and I think in the draft, they're picking number 21. You know, the team, the Bengals just beat the Titans. I think the Patriots can play like the Titans next year, be a run first team, but they need their A.J. Brown. And that guy's probably going to have to come to the draft, but that's who they need. I'm not talking about the draft. I'm talking about spending the money. See, you only can draft wherever you're picking at. That's where you can pick. Now, you can leverage many of those picks to go get a star. They can move up in the draft if they want. There's been times when they did it. Uh, when they went and got Daniel Graham, remember the talent tight end out of call? Yeah. There's times when they've moved up to go get players. I'm not saying they will never do that. I'm talking about spending money in free agency. Even when they went and got Randy Moss, that wasn't a free agent deal. That was a trade deal. Yeah. Devontae Adams agent on speed dial, I guess. Devontae Adams agent. All I'm saying is you're talking about, you asked me the question, how do you beat the AFC teams? I ain't talking about the type. Yep. I'm talking about Kansas City. They got a Tyreek Hill. They have a Travis Kelsey. How are you going to beat that kind of talent when you don't have it? You got a yep. young quarterback who needs that kind of talent around him. To Matt, if you're going to be in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes, you got to have something to shoot out with. <laughs> I mean, in Buffalo, they've got that. So you're going to play Buffalo twice a year. Yeah, beat them first before you get a crack at Kansas City. And Gabriel Davis, you just saw a coming-of-age moment for a player. You see what I'm – so, yeah. listen, I, I'm not here to be – I love the Patriots. I just think they're great. I think the coach is great. I know what next level looks like, and you cannot keep doing things the way that you have thinking you're going to get different results. Solomon Wilcox, I completely agree with you, and I'm taking a lot of heat for it from Patriots Nation over it, over all of what I've said, but I completely oh, agree with right. you. So, you're, uh, Sol- you're, out in, you're out in front of the rest of them. Okay. I'll give well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll get you out of here on this. You know, I grew up watching you NFL on CBS for a bunch of years. I remember you with Iron Eagle. I remember you with Spiro Didi. So I loved watching you every Sunday. And obviously, you had a great playing career long before you were a broadcaster. I'm curious all the all the time you spend in the game. What's the one story you always bring out at cocktail parties? There's got to be a good one. I've got a lot of them, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, make, I'll make it quick. I think it was 2012. We're at the um, Super Bowl. It is the week of um, the 49ers, Baltimore Ravens. Yep. And uh, I was asked to go over an interview Ray Lewis, this is media day. All the cameras out there. I have a TV executive ask me to go ask Ray Lewis about deer antler extract. It's like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. I said, uh, I got to be with these guys in production meetings during the week. I'm on the Raven sideline during the game. Steve Tasker's on the 49er sideline <laughs> during the game. I got to meet. I know Ray Lewis. If what? I'm never going to do that to any player, you know, out on um, or put. This is something on a, on an executive cell phone that I don't know where that story came from. And who are we? Uh, we shouldn't be chasing those kinds of stories. And I said, uh, something happens in the game and I need Ray Lewis. I need him to talk to me. I don't need to make enemies of Ray Lewis. <laughs> so it, I don't think it was taken too kindly that I walked away coming kind of having kept integrity intact but maybe not my job right you know? <laughs> How, however however we get in the middle of the game the lights go out at halftime everybody's scrambling the network is crashing people don't know what to do 
And I remember going over to Coach Harbaugh and I said, Coach, lights are out, time out. And remember, uh, the Ravens had just returned to kickoff, I think, for a touchdown, right? Just be, just after yeah. halftime. They're rocking. Now this shuts down the game. So I go to Coach Harbaugh and say, what are you going to do? He says, I don't know. What would you do? <laughs> and I said, well, I'll tell you what. You better get your guys together. You better pull your team together. I said, because you know the guy on the other sideline better than any of us. Because it was his brother, Jim yeah. Harbaugh. And so John then said, he said, you know what? You're right. Because he knew what his brother would do in that case. And they just, they have the momentum, but he knows that by the time we restart, it's almost going to be like a new game. And you can lose your team in the meantime. Uh-huh. They can start to wonder and lose focus by the time this game restarts. We don't know where your team's mindset is going to be. I know where theirs is going to be. They're going to try to steal the moment to get back in the game. He immediately calls the team over. Hey, guys, here's what we got to do. And then he begins to pull the team together to get them to refocus. As you know, the 49ers made a run, yep. but the Ravens were able to win the game. I'm also talking to Ray Lewis saying, hey, man, what do you guys got to do? We got to stop Colin Kaepernick. So they're giving me all the information I'm talking to. So I kind of felt and it was the only time that I ever interjected myself into a game, into the way that a team was operating while I'm supposed to be down there working. <laughs> and, but the, the production was kind of falling apart. I never got to tell that story on the air. How about that? Well, there you go. A lot of great insight always. Solomon Wilcott's former uh, NFL player in the defensive backfield, a couple of different teams, longtime broadcaster. And now you can check him out on the Believe in Bengals podcast on the Believe Podcast Network where they're getting you ready for the AFC title game. So, Solomon, man, we appreciate it, and we'll do it again sometime. Brady, take care. Thanks for having me, and go Patriots, right? Yeah, definitely go Patriots. We appreciate it, Solomon. All right. Take care.